Congratulations, America. We did it. We put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Sure, the most impactful rulings of the past 50 years all came out in our favor a few days before she was appointed. But think of the skin color, the genitalia. Those are the most important qualities uh, in a justice of the, you know, highest court in the land. Yes, Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Never had a justice quite like her. She's a former public defender. Yeah, we know. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for right. real. I promise never to play that again. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it, uh, you know. They're going to screw with me in the control room, apparently. We are talking about the brave and historical appointment of the newest Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Ketanji Brown-Jackson, she is for real. Never had a justice quite like her. She's Please don't play the whole thing. I can't. You are disrespecting the enormity of this moment. I say it once again. We now have a justice who is black. We now have a justice that is a woman, Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson, <laughs> she is for real. <laughs> That's enough. We are here to appreciate Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson, <laughs> she is for real. All right, screw it. Just play the whole thing. I don't care. <laughs> Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Never had a justice quite like her. She's a former public defender. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Stu Does America. Go to stewdoesmerch.com and get your 624-22 merchandise. We'll have more on that here in a little bit. Also subscribe, blazetv.com slash dude. Promo code is Stu. Paul Bryan joins us today with the latest on the auto industry. Like, for example, how come I can't get a car in less than 10 months? Do you think I'm a bully? Well, according to a new study, I probably think you're one, too. We'll look into that, and hopefully we'll meet on the playground after school. But we start by doing the revenge of the left. Yes, they've decided to turn the tables on us after this week. They lost a bunch of Supreme Court hearings or rulings. I don't know if you've heard about that. They lost. And when the left loses, they don't just take it. They get mad. They get angry and they start breaking rules. That's kind of the way that this works and has always worked, frankly. It's almost impossible for uh, for me to make an argument to a fellow conservative and say, I don't know, maybe we should follow the rules here. Why would we? Why would we? Certainly, that's what I get in response all the time when I make that point. The process is important. Well, they don't follow the process. And over and over and over again, they are proven to be correct in that analysis. Joe Biden, a little upset. He's overseas. We just this is just an idea. Stay overseas. Throwing that one out there. Just just, wonder, it, it, just that it's beautiful. It's great places to visit. Uh, lots of people who think similarly to you are there. Not on abortion. They're much more conservative than you on abortion. But I'm talking about other issues. They're right in alignment with you. She, uh, Biden was asked a question by the press. I'm going to leave. I, normally, we would just edit out the question because you get the sense. I'll give you a little quick summary. It's a very long question. But this one, I feel like you need to hear in its entirety. America is back was your motto at the first NATO summit last year. And you've come to this summit here and the one in Germany after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned constitutional protections for abortion, 
after the shootings in Buffalo and Texas, at a time of record inflation and as new polling this week shows that 85% of the U.S. public thinks the country is going in the wrong direction. Is that it? How do you explain this to those people who feel the country is going in the wrong direction, including some of the leaders you've been meeting with this week who think that when you put all of this together, it amounts to an America that is going backward? The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States uh-huh. on overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. We've been a leader in the world in terms of personal rights and privacy rights. And it is a mistake, in my view, for the Supreme Court to do what it did. Now, you might think the most important part of that clip is Joe Biden on foreign soil tearing down another uh, branch of government. Sure, that's notable. You know, that used to be something that presidents really tried not to do. Uh, Not apparently important to this guy. But uh, I think it's the question is the most important part. Look at all the things that have been going on. Abortion is is listed in this for some reason. Obviously, it's something that half the country is relatively happy about. Half the country is not. Uh, But uh, when you look at the other stuff, Inflation, uh, not they didn't even mention the border and all the stuff going on there, the economy in tatters, the shootings and the violence, the rise in crime, all of these things. This is central to what's going on with the president's approach to all of these issues. He knows lots of things are going wrong. He knows he's incapable of helping to fix them. So he starts latching on to things to try to get him across the finish line in November and maybe not lose all the seats. Like maybe the Democrats still have eight seats left in the House. You know what I mean? Something like that. Uh, It's that unbelievable at this point. And so Biden, uh, of course, does what the left does. When you lose, you change the rules. That's what you do. Right now, we have a filibuster that would protect against the Democrats with 50 senators throwing, forcing across a divisive issue, forcing all states to have abortion. Well, guess what the president wants to do? For the second time, he now wants to drop the filibuster uh, to pass now abortion rights into law. He wanted to do this with voting as well. They thought they would lose there, so they wanted to change the rules so that they will win. Uh, And now they want to change on abortion because they lost that battle in the Supreme Court. Obviously, anybody who looked at that ruling from 50 years ago knows that they were completely ridiculous. Even if you like abortion, you knew the opinion of Roe versus Wade was ridiculous. And Casey just built on the nonsensical idiocy that was there as well. Uh, Here is Biden asking the federal government to codify Roe versus Wade. The first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was and how much it impacts, not just on woman's right to choose, which is a critical, critical piece, but on privacy generally, on privacy generally. And so uh, I'm going to be talking to to the governors as to what actions they think I should be taking as well. And uh, but the most important thing to be clear about is we have to change. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception for this, the except the require an exception to the filibuster for this action. 
to deal with the Supreme Court decision. There you go. When you lose, you change the rules. That's the way you're supposed to do it. It's fascinating that he calls a woman's right to choose a critical, critical piece of our country, uh, which is fascinating because, I mean, just in 2006, he was saying every abortion is a tragedy. So it's like I can understand someone who says, I think this is a really negative thing. It's a, it's a necessary evil. Uh, we have to have it for these terrible, terrible outlying situations. But that's not what Biden is now. Now he's just as far left as seemingly anybody else. He wants to break the. Remember how fundamental he said the filibuster was to this country? He's a guy who was in the Senate for 918 years. The guy loves the filibuster until he didn't get what he wants. Now he wants to change it because when Joey doesn't get what he wants, Joey goes home. So he wants to change the rules instead. Now, it's fascinating that he keeps mentioning privacy. He mentioned it in the last clip and in this one. Remember, privacy is only one of the several different justifications that the left came up with to, to justify that uh, Roe versus Wade or the right to abortion was in the Constitution in the first place. Only one of them. I guess they're stuck on this one. Now that they've all been overturned, I guess you just latch on to privacy. Uh, but that one, again, there's not a right to privacy in the Constitution either. Uh, that was something that was created out of whole cloth by the left. And now they're building precedent on top of precedent on top of precedent to try to get to this ridiculous justification. And now they want to codify Roe versus Wade in federal law. Can you do that? Let's just say, let's say they had 60 senators and they wanted to pass a law forcing states to guarantee the right to abortion. Could they do that? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's uh, the second or the 10th amendment clearly defines a rule not in the in the uh, Constitution, uh, a, a right not in the Constitution needs to be deal, dealt with at the state level. So really, the 10th Amendment doesn't allow they, they may pass this eventually at some point and try to pass a national law on abortion. My guess is if the court looks anything like it does now, that would be overturned anyway, because you shouldn't really be able to do that. I don't know that you could do it for I think there's a better case for it on the pro-life side. Like, for example, a, a federal abortion ban. There's a better case for it because there is constitutional underpinnings protecting the right to life. So at least there's an argument to be made there. But generally speaking, the federal government should not be micromanaging policy at the state level. States should be able to choose what they want. If you go back and read uh, the uh, Gorsuch uh, concurring opinion in the uh, I think it was the EPA case uh, from today, You'll see he goes through this at, at length. This is what's supposed to happen. Rights are not, you don't just make them up. You don't just make them up in the Supreme Court and then say, well, we said it, so now it counts forever. That's not how this country was designed uh, to operate. And the problem here and the desperation that you see, because they then go on, he goes on to talk about how he wants to overturn the filibuster and overturn um, all these, uh, all these longstanding traditions in the Senate. He wants to do it because they're very upset. They have lost this sort of alternative form of government that they desire. They wanted, they had created over time this idea that you can give all the power to the EPA and all these, you know, different state agencies. They can make up all the rules. And when it's clear they've crossed the line and just basically have created legislation or rights out of whole cloth, the Supreme Court will be on our side and they'll justify it for us and we'll move on with our lives. Well, now that's all broken up. Uh, they lost the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court is saying the exact opposite. No, you can't just do those things. No, you can't just implement whatever you want through uh, the uh, the judicial branch. That's not how our government operates. Uh, now, 
it's interesting to see right away what would happen here. Because I, I will say, I have doubted whether Joe Manchin will hold the line on a lot of this stuff when it comes to the filibuster. Eventually, there will be something that's just too serious, too big. We, yes, I said I didn't want to get rid of the filibuster, which of course requires 60 votes to get legislation passed in most circumstances. Uh, but this one is too big. Uh, the Republicans are too evil. They lied to us. The, Kavanaugh said a, a naughty thing when he was with me and I, I believed him. I thought he meant something else. Oh, that Gorsuch, that Amy Coney Barrett, they lied to us. And it was too much to overhaul. So will Manchin and Cinema hold the line on the filibuster when it comes to abortion? Well, they've indicated, at least for the for the time being, uh, yeah, they will. Let's see. Cinema uh, stands by her opposition in, uh, to cutting or gutting the 60 uh, vote threshold, despite Biden's call for a carve out on abortion rights. Her office points to this op ed. And sometimes the filibuster is needed to protect against the attacks on women, women's health. Of course, that's uh, not the way I would phrase it. But if you believe the the way she believes that would be true. Can you imagine the revenge parade that would happen when Republicans got power? Do you think you'd like that? Let me give you a little example of it, of how it might work out. Let's just say you overturned the filibuster for judicial nominees at the Supreme Court because you were so mad that you didn't get what you wanted. So you broke the rules. How do you think that would end? Well, let me give you a preview of it. It just happened last Friday, 6-24-22. The Harry Reid change that he supported, getting rid of the filibuster for Supreme Court uh, nominees, led to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. You want to keep playing this game? You want to keep trying it? You want to keep going down these roads? Because it's not going to work out well for anybody. I got news for you. I don't want it either. Because, yes, I'm happy that this happened, and it happened within the rules of the game, the way it was supposed to be played after the Democrats changed them. I don't think we should be changing them all the time. I will say when 50, uh, if you were to get rid of the legislative filibuster and, and get it back to 50 votes, the next time Republicans would take control, they would pass all of their, their, hope, their wildest hopes and dreams, and you would hate it. Everybody on the left would hate it and they complain about it and the right would keep going as far as they could and then the left would get power and then they'd overturn everything. And every five, six, seven, eight years, we'd be dealing with this over and over and over again. That's not a healthy way to run a society. In most circumstances, these things shouldn't be overturned unless they were, quote, egregiously wrong from the start. Uh, Senator Manchin, his position has not changed on relaxing the filibuster rule in any way, a spokesman for the senator told Reuters. So we'll see where this goes. We know the left is going to try pretty much everything. They will try to attack if they lose here at the federal court. They, you know, we've had people like AOC and Elizabeth Warren saying, pack the court then. Uh, then they're saying, well, put up tents in federal parks. Abortion tents. Won't that be the wonderful answer? It's on federal land. It's uh, we have a carve out. You don't have a carve out. OK, you don't have a carve out. Uh, the other way they're going to attack is try to attack at the state level. Now, I will get annoyed. And I will bring these to you every time and I will say I am annoyed at the way they are trying to attack these at the state level. I promise you I will do that. However, at this very moment, I will tell you the, the truth, which is this is better than it was. At least now you can have these conversations. 
One of the ways they're trying to attack this at the state level is what they're doing, for example, in Florida. A Florida judge temporarily blocked the Florida 15-week abortion ban. This, is a, this has fascinating political um, aspects that we'll get to in another point from what it means for Ron DeSantis and how he can go forward as a, as a frontrunner for the potential nomination in 2024. That's another show for another day. But it is interesting to see them try this. Here's, here's the justification. The issue will most likely end up before the Supreme Court in Florida, which in the past has cited a privacy amendment that voters wrote into the state constitution in 1980 to block other abortion restrictions from taking effect. But Mr. DeSantis has reshaped the court following several retirements and made it much, much more conservative. He appointed three of the court's seven justices. The other four justices were also appointed by Republican governors. So if you lose that one, we will uh, eventually, once again, prove that we don't know what we're doing with court appointments, uh, except, I guess, if you piss, pick, pick off a direct list from the Federalist Society. And even then, I don't know if it works every single time. Uh, there was another ruling today on the border that uh, might indicate that was a problem at times. What's fascinating about this is when the left loses their alternate form of government, one that is not presented in any of the founding documents, one is not pre pre presented in our uh, our normal foundational form of government here in the United States, they just go to change the rules. But there's one rule that always holds strong. It always stands up to any level of scrutiny. No matter what happens on the left, this one rule always applies. And it was highlighted by Joe Biden. He said, quote, if the polling data is correct and you think this is a, this is the uh, excuse me, the uh, the question about um, the polling that we kind of played a clip of this earlier. If the polling data is co correct and you think this decision by the court was an outrage or a significant mistake, vote, show up and vote. That's what Biden said. Vote in the off year and vote, vote, vote. Not, I'm not exaggerating that he just said it that many times. That's how we'll change it. And this, of course, is the hard, fast rule of democratic politics. Because yes, you can change the rules, and yes, you can use your raw power. But the bottom line is all of these issues are always used to give the people in office or wanting to be in office on the left more power. The only answer is for you to help them. If you will just help them and vote for them, then everything will be just okay. It is, as we have talked about many times on the show, the circle of grift. And this is how it works. You need to vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Well, we did that. Are they protected? No, it's even worse than before. Now what? We need to do something. What do we do? Vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No. It's even worse than before. Now what? We need to do something. What do we do? Vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No, it's even worse than before. Now what? What do we do? We need to do something. Well, what do we do? We need to vote Democrat. And it goes on and on and on and on forever. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. That's why we always talk about realestateagentsitrust.com. If you happen to be a COVID evacuee, meaning you were in California, you were in Michigan, you were in New York, and you decided, I need to get the hell out of here. And we're welcoming you in Texas, let's say. Uh, well, first of all, you need to sell your home in Michigan. 
you go through that whole process, you need a real estate agent you can trust to get the most money out of that uh, sale. And then when you come down here to Texas, look, I will say housing prices going up quite a bit. There's a lot of people moving here right now. So you got to be careful. Make sure you get the best deal. When you come here, you're not going to probably know that many people. You're just moving to a new area. So you need to have a real estate agent you can trust here, too. Both places, both sides of this transaction, you can find the right person. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. Yes, every single thing in the world is racist. It's true. Did you know that? Did you know the truth? I hope you did. Well, Pete Buttigieg is here to tell us the truth, and we've now found out that you know what's racist? Roads. Roads are racist. Yes, that's true. They're going to spend $1 billion in a first-of-its-kind pilot program aimed at helping reconnect cities and neighborhoods racially segregated or divided by road projects, pledging wide-ranging help to dozens of communities despite the program's limited dollars. I mean, they only have a billion dollars. What could they possibly do with it? Uh, this is a pitch that has been going on for a while. They're trying to say that roads are racist. Now, there is a myth that from years and years and years ago particularly in Chicago, where they said they divided all the bad uh, black neighborhoods, in, in the uh, words of the critics, uh, from the good white communities. Uh, look, the evidence from this for this is super thin. Uh, they basically misread what one of the Chicago mayor did a million years ago. The bottom line was, though, I've never understood this really. Like, I've always been able to just drive or walk under a bridge. Like, if there's a... You just go go under it. Like, that's why they, they make bridges. Like, if they walled off the community to stop people from leaving, I would be with you 100%. They're trying to uh, hit underserved communities, they say. Buttigieg also drew fire from Republicans earlier this year when he said the federal government had an obligation to address the harms of racist designs in highways. So, I guess we need to understand that, yes, Roads can be racist, too. In fact, they are, because everything is racist. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. Oh, uh, Pete Buttigieg is having a tough time. Uh, not doing so well. Under fire from Capitol Hill leaders, uh, the embattled and embarrassed uh, transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, now drawing fire from key Democrats in Congress, demanding that he do more on behalf of beleaguered airline passengers who face thousands of more canceled flights over the coming Fourth of July weekend. Um, this is uh, from American Prospect. Uh, they say, as we've reported, the transportation secretary has residual authority to crack down on the airline practice of having insufficient crew staffing to meet the uh, schedules they publish and the, and the tickets they sell. That, and not weather delays, is the prime cause of last-minute flight cancellations. This is something that, like, you know, the, uh, the administration, the left, they don't really care about really anything that goes on in the world until it affects them. 
when it hits them, they're very, very upset about it. And, you know, they wanted to travel, and they're not able to travel, so they're getting very pissed at poor Pete. Pete Buttigieg. Why are they doing it? Because he's gay. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the only reason. I'm just analyzing this just like the everything is racist, everything is homophobic. We don't have a song for that one, but of course, it's true. Now, Buttigieg is having the biggest problem that he faces here, other than being a dunce, is that he's associated with Joe Biden and everything looks terrible in the Biden administration. Anyone associated with it looks terrible. And uh, some of them are just really bad at their jobs, like Pete Buttigieg. Also, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Now, Corinne, uh, we've mentioned her a few times. She's the new press secretary, essentially the new Jen Psaki uh, in the House. And she was promoted to this job uh, based on a dart hitting a board, I think, with her, they put a bunch of pictures up on a board and they closed their eyes and they threw a dart, hit her face, so she got the job. Uh, certainly that's what it seems like. Now, some may note that she is LGBTQQIA2+, and she's part of that community, just like Pete. Now, Mayor Pete does not get the, the perks of, of Corinne Jean-Pierre because Corinne is also a woman and also happens to be. African-American. So she hits like three of the really important intersectional lines. Pete's just like a dopey white guy with privilege who happens to be gay. So he gets a little bit of the advantage, but not as much. We don't like him that much. We like Corinne Jean-Pierre more. But Corinne Jean-Pierre, people are noticing she's not, you know, um, good at her job. So people are having problems uh, with that. It's been a rocky first month for White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. Her answers have baffled reporters and even made some of her White House colleagues wince. She has increasingly found herself sharing the podium or splitting briefings with John Kirby, who has been taking the lead on foreign policy at the Times, appears to function as the co-press secretary. And Republicans have zeroed in on her as a useful punching bag. Well, you got to blame Republicans for this problem. It's not that they just hired someone who obviously was unqualified for the job just because she's part of the LGBTQIA2 plus community, okay? Uh, she's also black and she's a woman. So there's many reasons she got the job, not just one. Uh, they're starting to just, just saying like, hey, uh, you know, even people in the press who of course love her uh, and love the administration are saying, it, you know, it kind of seems like she's just reading this stuff. And the reason why they're saying that is because most of her answers come like this. Hi, I am answering your question looking at a piece of paper. I am reading your answer right now. I have no inflection in my voice. And obviously, I am reading something that has been prepared for me and I've never read before. But I am also part of the LGBTQIA2 plus community. So you can't say anything bad about me. That's why they're all off record, by the way, criticizing her. None of them have the balls to say anything bad about her actual performance uh, publicly. They're just all saying it behind closed doors. Look, even if she was really good at this job, which... She is not. Even if she was really good at this job, it would be very difficult to defend this administration. It's among the toughest jobs out there. People don't have much sympathy for Jen Psaki. Now, looking at Jen Psaki in comparison to Corinne Jean-Pierre, I think people are saying, wow, that Jen Psaki was fantastic. But the point is, there's just no way you can defend these policies. One of the things they try to do is hit you on social media. And if you remember, uh, last year they had this uh, wonderful tweet from 2021 around the July 4th weekend. Here it is, uh, if we could see it. Uh, it says, uh, planning a, a cookout this year? Catch up, uh, spelled like the condiment, on the news. According to the Farm Bureau, the cost of a 4th of July barbecue is down from last year. It's a fact you must he hear, must 
And I can't, can't, oh, mustard. Okay, that's what they're going for. They're going for a mustard reference. Sorry, I didn't get it. It was a little over my head. I'm not very bright. Hot dog! The Biden economic plan is working, and that's something we can all relish. I <laughs> get it. Uh, the cost of a 4th of July cookout in 2021 is down 16 cents from last year. This is when inflation's starting to bubble up. People are complaining about it in just summer 2021. And, you know, uh, the Biden administration comes out and says, hey, our economic plan is working. The proof of it working is that it went down 16 cents. And people generally just mocked it and said, 16 cents, why do I care? I don't care about 16 freaking cents. Everything seemed to be costing me more. And you're talking about 16 cents? And they said, no, no, this is proof. Our plan is working. Well, what does this year prove, boys and girls? What does this year prove? Because the same meal this year, and I don't think we get a tweet about it with the mustard jokes. This year, we've got a 17% increase on that July 4th picnic, $69.68 for the uh, cookout foods. That's an increase of over $10. So they bragged about it when it was down 16 cents, and now it's up 10 bucks. What does that say about the Biden economic plan? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what it does say to Democrats. It says, you know who looks pretty good right now? Gavin Newsom. Now, look, I would never think that. But they are thinking that. Now, some of his married aides have thought that in the past, which is why they had sex with him. But that's a wholly different story for a wholly different day. Uh, Gavin Newsom uh, is now stirring 2024 speculation with an ad buy in Florida, $105,000. So kind of a strange move for the California governor to buy $105,000 of cable TV ads in Florida that will run on Fox News. No one knows really what the content is, but it does seem like I don't know. Maybe he's trying to raise his profile. And a lot of these things come around. A lot of times they're just nonsense. But I will tell you, this one I do think is real. Gavin Newsom uh, it got this burst of popularity off of his narrow uh, avoidance uh, of being thrown out of office. People are like, oh, I can't believe uh, he, he crushed uh, Larry Elder in that uh, election. He got, what, 58 percent of the vote? Uh, that's in California for a Democrat to just remain in office. Not saying he did a good job, but just like don't pull him out of office in the middle of his term. He only got 58%. And three or four weeks beforehand, it looked like he might lose. Well, he survived that one. He has a gigantic ego. I mean, uh, the most defining characteristic of Gavin Newsom is a massive, massive, massive ego. He believes he's the smartest man uh, in the world. He believes he's the best looking man in the world. He believes he could have sex with the, uh, you know, the wives of, of his coworkers. So all these things combined to say, I think it's very real he may run. If Biden is in a really bad spot, they're not going to want Kamala Harris to do it. Uh, Gavin Newsom, I think, is a real threat for that nomination. Joe Rogan has spoke to, uh, spoken out and, and talked about a potential president in 2024, and he's saying, yeah, kind of leaning towards Ron DeSantis right now. Uh, DeSantis would, make, would work as a good president, he said. I mean, I think, look what he's done for Florida. It's been admirable. I feel like what he did for Florida, people gave him a lot of grief, but ultimately he was correct. He was correct when it came to the deaths. He was correct in, in terms of protecting our vulnerable populations. He was correct in terms of distribution of monoclonal antibodies. You know, he's not perfect, Rogan said. He's a human being, but what he's done is stand up for freedoms. And that's, uh, some, there's some weird gaslighting S, uh, poop that uh, went on before where people equated freedom and saying the word freedom to right wing bigotry and hate. And that's so strange. So Rogan obviously has a huge audience and is influential as far as this goes. Um, it, it'd be interesting. I mean, I think DeSantis has a real chance if Trump runs, 
you have to I mean, a lot of people are starting to switch this because of a couple polls. But you have to give Trump the uh, advantage if he decides to run. He'll be able to raise as much money as he wants. He has as much money as he needs to run a campaign. And uh, it's an uphill battle for DeSantis if Trump decides to run or anybody else that tries to jump in. I think if Trump runs, DeSantis will run, and that'll be pretty much it. Maybe you'll get a Larry Hogan or somebody on the more moderate sale that jumps in as well, but those will be the two main contenders. If Trump doesn't run, DeSantis will run, Hogan will run, and a whole bunch of others will run as well. People like Rand Paul, maybe Ted Cruz, a bunch of others, maybe Christy Noem, who knows? A bunch of people will jump in that race if Trump doesn't run. If he does run, I think it's going to be pretty much Trump versus DeSantis. We will see, though. We're not that far away. Rumors are already up there about how Trump may announce even before the midterms. We'll see if that happens. It's going to be an interesting couple of years. All week we've been hearing nonstop about January 6th. January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. All right, we got. We, we remember, we know that you know the day, okay, that, that all that stuff happened. But I think a much more important day in our recent history is instead 62422. Uh, it's the date that Roe versus Wade was overturned and changed this country and its approach to abortion from one where you're not allowed to really even discuss it. You can't make any changes, really, because the Constitution supposedly guarantees your right to privacy. I don't even the, the leaps involved in that opinion uh, are, are too great for me to comprehend. However, we now can commemorate 62422 with we got the T-shirt. T-shirt just came in 62422. Really cool, really cool, uh, simple design. And, and, you know, you're going to see this and people are going to say, what's that? And you could say. It's my birthday. If they're a liberal, you can just lie and say it's something else. But uh, most people are going to uh, that you agree with are going to know this date. And it's important. Like it's one of those things that. I think should be commemorated. I like this, too, because it's, you know, subtle. You're not making some big, you know, you don't have a bunch of fetuses on your shirt. You know, you're just saying, look, this is important and I'm glad it happened. Uh, And, you know, just because they don't know doesn't matter. Okay, you'll know. We got the uh, the T-shirt, we got the hat as well available now at stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com. If you use the promo code STU10, you can get uh, 10% off your purchase. 624.22 available exclusively at studosmerch.com. You know, bipartisanship can be kind of hard to come across these days. And usually when we do come across it, it sucks like the bipartisan gun bill, for example. But sometimes both sides can agree on, on something, and it's important to highlight those things because we are a nation that seems so divided. So I want to give you this. Um, basically, both parties completely agree that the other one sucks. So, in fact, incredibly, almost the exact same percentages. Uh, Democrats uh, are generally bullies who want to impose their uh, political beliefs on those who disagree. Well, uh, shockingly, the GOP says 73 percent of them say, yeah, that's exactly who the Democrats are. Seventy three to 20. On the other side, when you ask them, are Republicans generally bullies who want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree? You get the exact opposite. You get uh, 74 percent of Democrats saying strongly, yes, that's absolutely true. And only 19 percent saying the opposite. So here's something we could all agree on. The other side blows. 
Uh, Biden, however, is about to get into maybe a little bit of trouble because he's being a little too bipartisan, at least according to the left. Biden is going to nominate, at least reportedly, an anti-abortion Republican to be a lifetime federal judge five days after he vowed to protect abortion rights. This is obviously very complicated and controversial on the left because uh, he was supposed to like care about women's rights and stuff. How can he do such a thing? What it appears to be is a deal that, hey, McConnell gets to put up a couple of judges here and there and will approve some of your crazy left-wingers as well. Sort of a trade-off. The left not liking it. Governor Andy Bashir, who, by the way, should not be in office. I should have uh, gone the other way on that last vote, Kentucky. I'm not sure why you did that. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he snuck in with a, a very, very narrow, narrow victory in his last election. And he's saying, uh, my understanding is that it has not been submitted. I hope it means that the li- it is unpaused. If the president makes that nomination, it is indefensible. So a little fighting going on on the left. And you hate to see it because I just like harmony on the left. I hate to see them fighting with each other. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, he, uh, the Women's March is coming back. If you remember the Women's March, this was like one of the most partisan things that has ever occurred in our history because the, the Women's March was created and, and happened on the day, the day after, I believe it was. Donald Trump's inauguration in 2017. And you might say, well, I mean, they didn't like Donald Trump. Yeah, but he hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> He'd been president for one day and they had a gigantic march to oppose him. And honestly, I think this is one of the best things that you can you can honestly point to in the Trump era because it shaped the Trump era in many ways. I mean, there was a way there was a road this could have gone, which would have been really disturbing. You saw it happen on the um, on the criminal justice reform when you know Van Jones and and uh, people like Kim Kardashian were very influential to go there and say, "Hey, uh, we think you should work with us on this," and Trump was pretty receptive to it. If you didn't come out and call him the worst person on earth a day after he became president, he may have been a, a lot more likely to work with the left on these things. Thank God that didn't happen. Thank God they went the other way and just started calling him Hitler before he did anything in office. That actually helped. I think uh, his presidency quite a bit uh, that a protest in case you want to attend. They believe there'll be 500,000 and uh, it is going to happen next weekend. One person who will not be marching, sadly, in the Women's March, Senator Patrick Leahy. Why? He took a tumble. Uh, Leahy fell at his home and, of course, broke a hip, which is the most. <laughs> look. I feel bad for for the senator. Of course, don't want pain to happen to anybody. But I will say at some point, if you're breaking hips from falls inside your home, maybe it's time to leave. Maybe it's time to go home and get somebody else there who can, you know, walk confidently within his home. Uh, I'm just going to say I'm a big term limits guy. Look, not every conservative is. Ronald Reagan, in the last interview he did in the Oval Office, said, you know what? I don't think they should have pulled me out. Well, he didn't say this. He said, I don't think we should have an amendment that limits us uh, and, uh, limits uh, us to two terms with the president. I think the American people should be able to pick for as long as they want. And now that I'm leaving, people aren't going to accuse me of wanting to keep the power. I just think this is the right thing to do. So not every conservative agrees on term limits, but Senator Leahy. I mean, Harry Reid is another good example. The guy got into a battle with his own treadmill and lost a terrible, terrible war. Looked like he had gone through uh, a a catastrophe, like he had been beaten up in a George Floyd riot, but no. 
he just lost a battle to his treadmill. At some point, when you can't walk on a treadmill competently, maybe it's time to step away. So if you're looking for an update about why Joe Biden's economy when it comes to automobiles was such a catastrophe, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. We had some technical issue, uh, issues with our guest, Paul Bryan, so he'll join us another time. Before uh, we get to the end of the show, though, I want to give you some reviews. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and I will love you forever. I will always love you. This one comes in the better half. Great podcast. Love it. Thank you so much. Five stars. And we do appreciate that. Over on YouTube, you can check out the show as well. Subscribe. Click the bell so you can always get our live um, uh, broadcasts when we do them. And whenever we post some new content, you'll get to see it. Uh, John writes, love the show. Being from Jersey, I love the fine art of sarcasm. (laughs) And that's constant. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I especially love the segment with Tim, Tim Barton, and some great history info. Still laughing about Paul Pelosi. Art at his best. Keep up the good work. God bless Stu. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Great show from Flathadan. I don't know who Flathadan is, but we love you, Flathadan. Uh, imagine if we had TikTok in the 1860s when the Democrats were flipping out about their loss of slaves. This is one of the most, this is one of history's great tragedies, that they did not have social media when Democrats were out there complaining about their loss of slaves. That would have been so entertaining. So entertaining. Uh, Terry writes, like the show, now before he says something to tick you off. That's right, if you're on YouTube, click the show, uh, click the like button now, because I may very well say something that ticks you off, or you may forget. So you want to avoid both of those. Click like right now. Give me the algorithm love. Stool ru- stool rules forever. Take that, evil algorithms. Yes, take that. Uh, okay, let's do a couple of fun, scary, terrifying stories. Okay, so here's what happened. There, uh, there's a guy that's popped up from time to time in one community. He's dressed in all black. That, that black, not like, you know, like a hoodie or like black sweatpants, but like a gimp outfit. Uh, And they're calling him Gimp Fan, or Gimp Man. He walks around the community and just kind of strolls out of the darkness and just walks at people. And now he's made another appearance. They thought he had gone away. He is back. Gimp Man is back. Uh, He's wearing a latex pervert uh, outfit and he's walking around town. One woman, 19, was there with her boyfriend and uh, she had not been worried about someone popping out of the darkness as she was with her boyfriend. But suddenly he shouted, Kira, there's a man as they approached the roundabout. By the time we saw him, he was very close. And my boyfriend just told me to run. This would be terrifying. By the way, he was running. He was walking toward them slowly with his his arms outstretched. This sort of stuff does not happen in Texas. Because you just get shot. That's, that's how that ends. Uh, you walk at someone in a gimp outfit in the middle of the night uh, with your arms outstretched, you take a bullet. That's how this ends, sadly, for you in uh, Texas. Uh, remember the whole clown thing that happened a few years ago where clowns were just mysteriously walking around towns and no one could explain it? Didn't happen in Texas. They don't walk around Texas because uh, they know what's going to happen. You freak people out, bad things can occur. Don't do that, boys and girls. And another okay, here's what happened for you. You know, we fool with nature often. And if there's one lesson we've all learned from Jurassic Park, sometimes that does not work out all that well. Gene editing has gone wrong. Scientists have accidentally created angry hamsters. Yes, they thought it was a, there was a gene linked to aggression in hamsters. They removed it. 
And then they got aggressive. So they were totally wrong. Remember, scientific consensus. Don't deny science, everybody. Believe in science. Well, uh, now they've made killer hamsters. Here's the hamsters, by the way. You can see they're very brutal. They're killing each other. Luckily, it was hamster on hamster violence. Uh, So no one really seems to uh, care all that much. I will say I did not see that being the way the apocalypse happened. Angry hamsters multiplying and then taking over the world. Basically, it's a done deal now, so just get ready and accept our hamster overlords. Uh, Before I go, remember, StuDoesMerch.com is the place to go to get your 624-22 merchandise and your Power Hour Survivor merchandise. If you can hang with us on Power Hour, it's pretty impressive. Go to StuDoesPowerHour.com, get all the details there. And if you go to StuDoesMerch.com, buy the merch, use the code Stu10 and save yourself 10%. See you later.